This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 339. And the quote of the day is, a picture is worth a thousand words. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's up, friends and family? Nick Ruffini here, session 339 of the podcast. And maybe, I don't know, enemies? Frenemies? Maybe maybe you're an enemy of mine. I don't know. Thanks for listening. Either way, I'm glad that you're here. If you haven't already, can you please leave a review for the podcast? What that does is it shows up higher in the search results for when people are looking for drumming podcasts, and it just helps out, and um, and it feeds my ego because I like reading good comments if we're being honest here, and we're all about honesty and transparency here at the Drums Resource Podcast. And speaking of transparency, this podcast would not be possible if it weren't for advertisers. And one of the great advertisers that's been with us for a long time is Musicians Institute. Musicians Institute is located in the heart of Hollywood, California. They've been there since the 70s. They have a world-class facility. They have an amazing staff who are out there doing it. They're out there on the streets playing doing studio work, doing recording sessions, all of that stuff. They've been there, they've done that, and they are here to teach you the same tactics that you need to make it as a professional musician. You can learn more about Musicians Institute by going to mi.edu. Now, let's get into it. This is Lauren Jenkins. You've probably seen her pictures all over the internet. She is L-J-E-L-L-E-J-A-Y-E. You'll see that on a lot of drummers' pictures because she's the drum photo girl. That's, that's I mean, that's what I think she is. She's amazing. She's an amazing photographer. Uh, we recently did a photo shoot together here in the San Francisco area and actually the Sacramento area, and the pictures came out amazing. I, I told her, if, if you can make me look good, you can make anyone look good. But this conversation is great. We talk a lot about... Promo pictures, we talk a lot about what you should look for or what you should strive for in in a picture. What makes a picture good? What makes a picture bad? And just some different ideas of ways that you can use photos in your in your career for your website or any of that stuff to raise your profile. So it's a really good conversation. She has a ton of insight. And then we also get into how she got into photography, how she became known in the drumming community as a photographer and all of that. So just a, a really great conversation. She actually, and then she tells us a, a crazy story about Nam that you have to you have to listen to to believe. It's it blew me away when she told me this story. So, uh, and I and I applaud her for telling me this story because I don't think that it's an easy thing to talk about. But let's get into it with the one and only Lauren Jenkins. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, we're going to get deep into this conversation, but I first want to congratulate you on being the first woman to be on the podcast. I think Thanks. that's I think that's awesome for you. I think it's shitty for me because I have <laughs> and we'll talk about that because there's a reason why there hasn't been any and I I have tried and it's like high school like the women just don't call me back. So um it's a thing. That's okay. Don't feel bad. It's okay. All right. It's all right. We'll talk about it though. Um you know this is the beginning of something new. Yes. So. Yes. 
So um, to, to sort of, I'm going to summarize what you do, but then I want you to talk about it a lot more. But you, I came to know you in the drumming community because you take pictures of all of these famous drummers. Um, I was extremely jealous when I saw the photo shoot that you did with Questlove. Um, cause I'm, like, I'm a Philly guy. I've never met Quest. You know, like I was extremely jealous. But um, so I've come to know, I, I've come to know you and your work through that. And then you, I moved out here. I moved out to California. You and I got to work together, which was awesome. Um, so you're, you're very well known in this community as, as drum, the drum photo girl, right? Um, That's such a weird concept to me. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Right. Because true, but it feels weird to say yes. Yeah. So. Because yeah. what do you do? Are you, you're just like I'm a photographer. That's it. Yeah, I just right. take pictures. I just take pictures. I'm I'm a I live in a this weird fairy tale world where I legitimately am in love with light and music and like for some reason by some miracle of the universe and whatever divine providence I have come to be able to put them both together and nice. that's um rad. So how did it start? When did you start taking pictures? Were you uh, young? did well, you get into it younger? Yeah, I was I was super geeky in high school, like really unfortunate on the nerd side <laughs> and um i was the yearbook editor for my high school mm-hmm. for two years in a row uh because i was that nerd so right. being in that publication space i learned photography stuff and i took a couple of like super basic classes nothing that's anything mm-hmm. uh, after graduation i kind of pedaled around a little bit with camera stuff i did some live music things like nightlife photography right. you know like, the people go and take pictures of people being drunk yeah it was like that I did that I did that um, what, for what for bars or something yeah like bars and venues but I didn't like going to the bars so I went to like the little like just local music venues and took mm-hmm. pictures of hardcore kids being all emo and right. you know with swoopy hair and lots of eyeliner <laughs> and uh I got married mm-hmm. I did I did some traveling stuff and did some stuff um in Central America and got married and moved to a super rural area mm-hmm. and uh, there are not venues for music up where that is. And uh, I kind of backed away from music stuff for a while and did weddings and portraiture for about eight years. And um, unfortunately, uh, my marriage dissolved and I got a studio down back in a little, little bit more, more uh, suburban urban space with music venues and picked up music again mm-hmm. and uh, kind of went from there. So that's that was like the transition space from my, I guess softer stuff into right. something a little harder music um and then i met a couple of drummers at a venue they were just hanging out having a beer whatever uh and it happened to be that they were students of mike johnston and i was i'm a goober i like i interject myself into people's conversations because i like making friends right so these guys were laughing at something and i'm like they look like they're having fun i'm gonna go talk to them <laughs> talk a little bit just crack jokes and I guess they went back to Mike and they were like, yo, you need to meet this girl. She's totally crazy. And her pictures actually don't suck. So he came and we connected and uh, that was kind of the beginning of the drum stuff. Yeah. Because our, so the place where, where we went, uh, where we took pictures is in the same what, same little area that, that Mike's place is. But is that where yeah. you were originally? Like, is that where you met all these people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right so there's... There. Uh, music venue um in because it's like a historic district where everything is kind of touristy right so there's a there and lots of eateries and so i was at the bar pub place where where the guys were hanging out i got you i got that's a pretty cool area i like that area it's fun it's it's gotten it's grown yeah yeah so what is it what is it that first attracted you to photography uh 
You know, I it it was convenience. I mean, I I really liked it when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I did a photography competitions when I was like little, little like eight. Um, and I think as I got older, it was a way to connect with people because I love humans. I really, really love people. Mm-hmm. And there's something when I get to photograph a person, it's just me and them. Right. Like all that really matters is just me and that person. And my, my heart for it is that they don't feel like they're under like the scrutiny of a lens, mm-hmm. but they're hanging friend and I get to see the real person. That's my goal in any shoot. So it's, it's, um, being able to see people and help them see themselves right? In that they might not have otherwise been able to see mm-hmm. so themselves. And the, the thing that I, that I think is interesting from the photo shoot with you or other photo shoots that I've done is that the idea that you can have this, this intimacy with a person and taking you know you're in this in this sort of zone for an hour and a half or two hours and it's you and the other person and you're literally like sort of not to sound cheesy but you're like sharing a moment right and you're having this intimacy and then but it's like it's 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 not like a you know uh, like, like you, you're attracted to each other or anything, but it's just like this weird intimacy that only you two share. And even after it's over, like you look at the photo and you're like, I'm sure that you look at the photo differently than I look at the photo, but, but I can look at it and say, wow, there was this, there was this, this thing there that happened in that hour and a half. In it. Say that like again. A lot of vulnerability in it mm-hmm. for the person in front of the camera. Right. Like I feel, well, I could be wrong, but I feel like in general, society places this expectation on all of us, men, women, old people, young people, doesn't really matter. We have to look a certain way or we feel like we have to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so scary to be in front of a camera. Cause I know for me, at least in my head, I'm like, okay, do I look okay? Do I look like a dork? And is there, is my face? Okay. Is my skin? Okay. How's my hair? What's going on here? And it's, there's a little bit of a discomfort inside of that. And so you're right. There is for you and I to have a photo shoot, there is that intimacy because you have to be able to trust me and mm-hmm. that I, you look like a big old dingus, right? You know, right. just to help you look the best version of yourself and not terrible, because mm-hmm. uh, that's just as much on me as it is on the way you show up. So, how do you develop that craft? Is it just is it just doing it over and over again? How do you make people feel comfortable, or how do you how do you sort of give them that? I don't want to say safety net, but give them that that platform of saying, look, sort of like you're safe here and we, we're going to, we're going to take these cool pictures and I don't, don't, you're not going to feel uncomfortable. You're not going to, um, you know, you're not going to feel nervous or self-conscious and I'm going to, I'm going to portray you in the best light that, that I can. Uh, I can't speak for any other photographer, but I know for myself, I operate in love and I know that sounds cheesy as hell, but I really like to take a stance of like the person in front of me is somebody that I just want to wrap in love completely. That's Mm -hmm. my whole everything in my life. And I screw up sometimes, but I just want to be this like creature of care. And, um, so there's this intentional mindset and heart set inside of a space when I'm anytime I'm with a person, mm-hmm. uh, just one-on-one it's a perpetual feeling of, okay, I care about this person and I want them to feel cared for and loved and comfortable. And so I think that really like just the way I operate, the way I talk to people is, is in a very loving way. Um, Gosh, that sounds so like woo woo cheesy. No, I, I don't. Th- I mean, you're you're talking to me, and a bunch of drummers are listening. So we're all, right. you know, we're we're thinking about it. Dif- we're thinking about it in terms of drums and how we're going to get to this. You know, how do how we're going to get to this place of of you know of of nirvana or whatever you want to call it to where you're you're 
outside of your own body and, and you're looking down watching yourself play the drum. So like we, you know, I get it. I, and you know, I think, I think overall, like I just want, I want people who are having their picture taken to feel the way I would want to feel, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like a badass when I have my picture made, I want to feel like, like, Oh, holy crap. That's me. That's right. really neat. Right. So, my my end goal with that is to give people pictures where they're like, oh dang, I look super neat. You <laughs> <laughs> badass! Look how much badass I am. Right. No, I think I think uh, that you do that. You do, if you can make me look good, you can make anybody look good. I'll tell you that. Um. So how? So let's talk a little bit about how. So you meet Mike, right? And you start taking pictures of all these different drummers. And I mean, was it a gradual process? I mean, it seems like you were just. Like every other week, you were like, "Oh, I'm taking, I'm taking pictures with this person, this person, this person." It seemed like it um, went pretty quickly. It went. It was. Oh gosh, it was so interesting because, like, I, I showed up on the scene with Johnston um, right about the time where things started moving really fast for him. I mean, he's put decades into his work, so right. I don't want to like I showed up and he blew up. That's not even close to what I'm saying. Right. Um, but there were a couple of pivotal things that happened in his career. And I was just along for the ride and I just happened to know my craft well enough and it worked out. Um, so I'm, and, and he, you know, he works with cool people. So I, he was like, Hey, can you come and shoot, you know, JP Bouvet or Matt Halpern or whatever? Cause they did the common thread clinic tour in like 2003. And so that kind of opened me up to two different other genres of music that people are like, Holy crap, this is awesome. Right. And then, I mean, it, it was, it went very, very fast, um, just because it was, I was kind of the go-to and it kind of blew up a little bit too fast. Oh, for, really? Well, cause I was traveling last year, the last two years I was traveling, um, an excessive amount mm-hmm. and especially cause I'm a single mom and I still try to be 150% mom when I'm right. with my kids. So like it was all right, coordinating babysitters and making sure their dad could get them to school and all this stuff. Meanwhile, I have to figure out, I would do like tours or I do tours where I'll say, okay, I'm going to the East coast, Mm -hmm. Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. And I have a week and a half or two weeks to make that happen. And it's photo shoots and it's editing inside of that. And it's the travel and it's the, so the amount of travel that I did the last couple of years went bonkers. Right. Um, Do you like traveling? I love traveling. Yeah, but you have to be away from your kids, so it's sort of a I have to, double right, I have kids, and um, yeah, it's it's a lot for sure. And I, re- I mean, I remember you and I talked a while ago, and you were like, you were going back and forth from East Coast to West Coast and East Coast. I mean, you were doing a lot. It wasn't like, hey, I'll be there in six months. You're like, uh, I'll be there the first week in February, and then I'll be the third week in March, and then I'll be there in June. And it's like, whoa, you're okay. You're tra- you are traveling a lot. Yeah. So were yeah, you going I- specifically? Because I think this is this is something with um. It kind of ties into touring a little bit too. Where were you setting up the jobs and then going out there, or were you saying, sort of reaching out to everyone and saying, "Hey, listen, I'll be there for two weeks. Here's the um, dates I have available." Well, usually it would. The catalyst for a trip would be when somebody would say, "Hey, I really want you to come out. I need to do. I need to redo my whole website. Can you come out this month or right. March, whatever?" And um, usually it was a like a culmination of multiple people saying, Oh, Hey, I'm in Boston and I really need new pictures. So if I would get like one or two people who needed a big job done, I would open it up for a bigger trip and say, all right guys, well, I'm going to be in Boston this day and in New York this day. If you guys are on, you know, the Eastern seaboard and you need pictures, let me know. And I would kind of fill in spaces inside of that. I got you. So are you, are you traveling as much now or no? Right now I'm not. And, um, on a 
super personal, super candid note with that. Um, I, in, in January at like after Nam, I was held at gunpoint for an hour and a half. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, it was crazy. I was going up to LA from the convention center and I pulled over in this neighborhood, like literally I could see Disneyland from my car. And this dude comes up to my car and basically pulls a gun on me and tells me to drive him around. So I drove me around for an hour and a half. (laughs) Um, so that kind of, it kind of did some stuff in my brain a little bit. What did, and what did he, and we don't have to go too far down this, but like. Wasn't anything. He was didn't he like, me. yo, bring me to 7-Eleven. Um, it was like, turn left, turn right. And we went like maybe in a two mile radius from the convention center. Crazy. And that's not to say that, you know, Anaheim is inherently dangerous, but. Uh, and then what? He, and then he was just like, okay. And then he just got out and left. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it would take like forever to tell the whole story, but, um, I was, uh, it was really late and you know how Nam is you walk 14,000 miles in right. a day up since like five that morning I was exhausted. And so I was like, dude, listen, I'm falling asleep. Literally I'm falling asleep. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot deeper stuff in the story, but basically I'm like, if we don't pull over, I'm going to fall asleep and we're both going to get injured. So he's like, fine, pull over here. So I pulled over and fortunately there were people still out. It's like one o'clock in the morning, one thirty, something like that partying outside. And so I just pulled over laid on my horn and, uh, the dude got out and, uh, and took off basically. And that's the very, very, uh, concise version of it all. But, what? Uh, yeah, crazy, like super crazy. And there's nothing the police can do. I mean, he stole 200 bucks, but it was cash. So it's not like right. whatever. Um, but yeah, like silly, silly nonsense, just silly. So now I've, I've kind of taken a more thoughtful approach to travel mm-hmm. and I'm a lot more selective with the places that I go. Right. Uh, well, I remember when you and I were getting ready to do the shoot and you were like, I've heard, you know, stories about you know people getting robbed here or whatever. And you're like, I don't know if I want to do it there. And which right. now makes, I mean, makes even more sense, you know? Yes. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, were you like scared out of your mind or were you like, well, yes, yes and no. And there was this like weird thought where, cause he had the gun at my hip at one point and I was like, dude, I need to pull over. And I started to pull over cause I was falling asleep. I was mm-hmm. so tired and he moved it from my hip to my neck and like, not like gently at my neck, but like jammed into the muscle. And I thought, okay, well, this is where I die. I think this is where I die. And I have just spent the last four days hugging people in like all of my happiest moments, literally right. just spent time around people from all over the world that I love and hugging and being joyful. And, uh, you know, I've lived a really good life and my kids are going to have great stories about me. So, okay, this is, this is where I go. Fortunately, that wasn't the case, but, um, it was, it was pretty scary. Holy shit. This is like blowing my mind. I never, you know, I mean, not that I would have known this story, but I wasn't expecting to to talk about this. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't either. Well, I, for one, am extremely happy that, uh, that nothing happened, that you're safe and sound. And we're here to to talk about it. So did you did you call the police? Did you do it? Or were you just like... Yeah, well, and I was really fortunate because like, um, I, I mean, I posted it on Facebook like, hey, XYZ. I had a friend who is a drummer. Mm-hmm. Like uh, before I had left to LA, he's like, just be careful. Let me know when you get there. And I didn't call him. And so he was blowing up my phone and I texted him after the whole thing blew over. And I said, listen, I just had the scariest moment of my entire life. I'll fill you in. I need to sleep. Um, and I got a hotel in Anaheim mm-hmm. uh, all happened. So, uh, I posted a thing on Facebook and like things went crazy. All of these people, um, like they called me and they were like, if you need anything, just let me know. And I was really, really well cared for, like mm-hmm. super poor. I mean, 
it was so beautiful. The community came together in this way that like, I can't even, I mean, it sucked. I can't even be sad about it though, because it showed me that people show up. Right. Right. And there, I didn't even really know. And people that I've met before, but people that I didn't know that they're like, do you need money? Do you need a place to stay? Do you want me to come get you? Do you need me to get you food? Do you need me to take you to the police department? It was just like all of this stuff that people were just pouring love on top of me. And, you know, um, so I did go to the police, but aside from that, there was some incubation space that, uh, I was given that was kind of like really cool. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, at yeah. least there's some, like maybe some silver lining in it to see, you know, how oh, people no, respond and totally. And so, so, well, I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but I am happy that you're, you're here to talk about it and, and we're talking about it. So, uh, so let's talk about something different. Let's talk about, <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's change the, let's change the subject. I want to talk about, I want to talk about pictures specifically and what makes a good picture and what other people should be thinking about. Maybe they, maybe they're not going to hire someone to take pictures for them, but they may get their brother or uncle, sister, cousin, the roommate, someone to say, Hey man, I just need some pictures for my website or I need some for, you know, some promo things. Um, and, and I'm going to do it on my own. What are, what are maybe some things that, that can make a picture good or bad or, or things that they should think about? Okay. So I'm going to put this out there and I know this is probably going to lose me followers or friends or whatever. Hold on. I'm doing an internal debate on whether. No, I, no, you, there is no internal debate here on the drummer's resource <laughs> podcast. We just say things and then we accept the consequences later. <laughs> All right consequences that may or may not come i m might piss some people off don't point your I, sticks at I, I, I piss people off all the time that's like <laughs> everything i get emails after every podcast like, dude i can't believe you said that i'm like ah sorry so go sorry, ahead the sticker um don't point your sticks into the camera i'm just gonna say don't don't point don't do that stop doing that guys stop it people <laughs> you want people to take you seriously we're, we're not doing that anymore Stop it. All right. It's 2017. No more pointing stick. It's it's a rule now. You're not allowed to do it. Officially don't. I was just literally just like looking on my wall because I have some pictures of myself and I'm like, that's how that's how narcissistic I am. I have pictures of myself <laughs> in my house. No, it's like band pictures and stuff. And I'm like, am I pointing my sticks? Am I pointing my sticks? And I'm like, no, okay. There's no pointing. Okay, good. <laughs> it's fine. But now it's like one of those things where it's like I look at that and I'm like, 1994 is calling. Yeah. So let's not. <clears throat> so, so what uh, about the what about the band picture? Like, how do you? All right, every band picture is the same. Everybody's like standing there with like this this like mean face, and they got their arms crossed. Some of them, but not all of them. I know, but what, um, so what should bands do for photos? I I think that you should be honest and um, with who you are as a band and who you are as people and how you operate inside your genre. So not all bands need to have the badass look. Yeah. They don't, and not all have the badass look either like some people are really goofy and that's okay so for example i did a shoot with a band one time and i brought a 10 pound bag of flour and we just had a flower fight and they were some of the dopest pictures i have ever taken in my nice. entire life and I, uh, another band we had a i like i like making a mess mm -hmm. um because i'm a giant child obviously <laughs> but uh we, there was another one where we had a paint fight <clears throat> and that was very fun. And another one where we had a Slurpee and popcorn fight. So it's just being, you know, being willing to be silly and thinking outside the box because, mm -hmm. uh, you're not, everybody is going to look like every other band that's on the cover of AP or right. Kerrang. Not, not everybody has that look and right. not everybody should. So mm -hmm. I think that it's being, being really honest with your genre and your personal personalities, right? you know? Right. I think consumer 
no, I as a consumer really love, like if I see a band doing something quirky and fun, I love that. And I think I want to know this band. And yeah. it, and it, um, on a brand level, it pushes it past like, oh, those guys look super cool to I really want to know those people and I will buy all of their albums and follow them on social media because it makes me feel like they're super quirky and I like that. Yeah. I One of my favorite band pictures, um, and no one will probably ever know, like probably has never seen this, but it was Dave Matthews Band was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine and huh. they were on tour. It was like when Dave Matthews was touring heavily and summer tour was like their big thing. And the the name of the or the, on the cover, it said the boys of summer. And they were all in like 1920s baseball uniforms. And I was like, that is such I mean, I love baseball and I love Dave Matthews band. So I was like, maybe it really appealed to me. But I just thought it was such a creative picture where it was like, they're not like, you know, they're and Rolling Stone used to do a really good job at that kind of stuff. But but I just thought it was a really ingenious picture of like you're capturing the vibe of like the dog days of summer and like touring and baseball and like America's past. I was just I thought it was a really, really creative cover. I love that. Yeah, no, I think stepping outside of the box and not doing what everybody else has done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, sometimes it's OK. It's totally OK to say, OK, well, we just need some fresh pictures. Let's do something. Right. I mean, Basic. if your if your band's called like Death on a Leash, then you should have like this badass attitude. But if it's like you know the the John Smith Quartet, and you and you you look like Creed, you know you should probably you should probably <laughs> leash. Like if you're like for me, if I was to listen to a band called Death on a Leash, you know what I would want? I would want cotton candy. For some reason, I want cotton. <laughs> That's what I want. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> So what, all right, so let me go back to my original question. So what, I, and this yeah. is a very loaded question, so it's hard to answer, but like what makes a good picture good and what makes a bad picture bad? So I think the baseline is knowing your craft, mm-hmm. um, understanding light and how it falls on things. That's what makes a good and bad picture technically. Right. <clears throat> if a picture evokes emotion that makes you um, nostalgic for something or think, oh God, that's really pretty. I want to own that. I want to play that. I want to hear how that sounds, feels, tastes, whatever. That's the kind of thing that makes a very good picture. So uh, appealing to the emotional side of something will always be a better picture, mm-hmm. even if maybe it's not as technically proficient. That will always be a better picture than something that is technically proficient but has no emotion or uh, any kind of outside emotional influence right. that will take place. Same thing with music. If it's super, you know, digitized, quantized, it feels stale, you know, whatever. It's like super produced. So what about, so, all right, say I'm a drummer. Well, I am a drummer, so we that's not a lie. <laughs> um, but if I'm like, hey, you know, I want to get pictures taken or I want, I need pictures. I don't really have a, a ton of money. Um, you know, should I get, should I go out and like, should I rent a camera? Should I, can I take them with my iPhone? Like what should what's what's the best thing to do um if i don't have you know access to a photographer or if i don't know someone or if i can't i don't have the bread to hire someone or or whatever so the first thing is um have a clear idea in your head <clears throat> on what it is that you want mm-hmm. and what it is you're trying to show off so if you're an educator um make sure that you know it's clean and and people trust you mm-hmm. like that's really the over and under of that The second is if you're having somebody else do it or if you're doing it, make sure your light is good. You don't have to have a great camera. There's no, I mean, what did we do 10 years ago? There were amazing pictures a hundred years ago, but not the technology we have now. So you don't have to have a $30,000 camera and lighting set up to get great pictures. But 
understand how light works and, um, and be able to read it. Cause it's kind of like a language. It falls in certain places and it says something completely different. It's mm-hmm. just like music. That's really, it really is how it is. Um, and when you're saying that, I'm guessing you're not suggesting people spend, you know, six months learning about light, but just understanding. Pay attention and, and take a step back and really look at, at where the light is, where your drum set is. If you want to buy <clears throat> extra light, play with it. Take, um, don't do exactly what every other person has always done. Find something that feels really good for your personality because not all people are the same, not mm-hmm. all players. And so not all lighting is going to be like appropriate for everyone. Right. You know, if you're a metal player, it's not going to be as appropriate to have super light and bright and fluffy, like floaty light. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. I don't really know. But just whatever feels good for you and don't just follow the rest of the pack that everybody else is doing. Cause right. I see a lot of the similar lighting among <clears throat> certain uh, circles of people mm-hmm. that they're following a lot of people who do. Um, I mean, some people will copy my lighting or copy lighting that, you know, that Benny does or that Mike Johnston does for their videos or for whatever. And it's like, you're not their clone. Find you find yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You'll wear what you have and the, uh, the style that you're creating. It's one thing to talk about how great Dream symbols are, but it's another thing to actually hear them for yourselves. And the good thing about Dream is not only do they sound great, but they're also priced well below the competitor's prices, so that way you can actually afford to buy these symbols. And if you don't think you can get a great-sounding symbol at a low price, check out DreamSymbols.com. But first, I want you to take a listen to what these things sound like. To learn more about Dream symbols, be sure to check them out at DreamSymbols.com. Whether you're recording in the studio for your band, for YouTube, or you're playing live, you need a quick and easy solution to get great drum sounds. And the best way to do that is the Sabian Sound Kit. The Sabian Sound Kit is three mics and a mixer. You have two overheads, a kick mic, and a mixer that's pre-EQ'd to get great drum sounds. You plug the mics into the mixer and you run the out into your recording board or you run it to the house sound when you're playing live. It's a very simple solution to get great drum sounds easily and effectively. Don't take my word for it, though. Here's some raw tracks that we recorded with this sound kit running right into a recording device, and I'll let you hear how great these things actually sound. To learn more, go to sabiansoundkit.com. What's your take on how technology has made cameras ubiquitous and everyone has it in their pocket and everyone thinks that they're a photographer and they put all these, you know, filters and all that stuff on Instagram because I think as musicians, people have their, their thing too, where it's like, well, nobody's in the studio anymore. They're making them on their laptops and in their bedrooms. Um, so what's your take on that? I think if there's anything that creates uh, a desire to be around music because music is my first love. Mm-hmm. So people are, making music and the creation of music look a little bit more delicious. I'm all for it. Um, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. No, I get, because my argument all the time is like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, Oh, all these people, they, they just have a bunch of followers on Instagram, but like they don't play any gigs and they're not really like, they're not really musicians. They're just drummers on Instagram. And I'm like, who cares if it's getting more people into playing drums 
why does you know why does it matter if they're on tour with Sting or they play in their basement? Like if they love it and a hundred thousand people follow them on Instagram and want to see them play drums, what's it matter? I did I did do a, an episode about the difference between the drumming business and the music business because I think there is a distinction. Like if you sit in your room and play in your basement and you've never played gigs, you've never toured, you don't play with other musicians, you're not a musician, you're just a drummer. But that's cool too. I'm like, well, and I think you know. Being a creator is a funny thing and it's such a personal thing. Mm -hmm. So whether you are doing like self-masturbatory licks in your basement with your massive drum set that you're just collecting and not taking anywhere because anybody who, you know, is a, on the road knows that it's really not feasible to take a massive double kick with 14 different cymbal stack, you know, like right. fun for you and it makes you really happy. Hell yeah, do that. If people like watching you do it, great. Totally go do that. Mm -hmm. And the same for photography where it's like, are are you creating beautiful things? Awesome. Are you supporting artists? Great. Um, my, I don't actually even really have a concern because I do me, you know, like that I have a very specific niche and I'm not for everybody. Right. Not everybody is my client and, and that's totally okay. And mm -hmm. I don't like, oh, they're stealing my people. Right. Not everybody, one, can afford me. Two, not everybody can tolerate me. And, right. uh, you know, like, <laughs> there is always going to be somebody for somebody else. Right. So, and, right. and not drummer can play on every gig. Not every drummer can teach somebody. Not everybody has the charisma to be um, an Instagram superstar. There's mm -hmm. a place for everyone. And I think if you spend your time wallowing in why you can't be that or why somebody else is stealing a piece of your market, you're going to be pretty miserable. Yeah. There's a, I, you know, there's a lot of, of that happening in the, in the drum community. And I don't want to go down that road and go into like this negative space, but there's a lot of like these grumblings of like, Oh, you know, this person's stealing my stuff or this person's stealing my gig or this person's, you know, doing the, trying to do what I do or whatever. And I'm sort of like, I mean, since I started, there's, I don't know, there's probably 75 more drumming podcasts that have, that have started since I started. Right. I'm not like, I've, they're, these guys are trying to be like me, you know, like they're, they're doing their thing. I do my thing. They do. I, you know, I support them. They support me. I'm like the more people podcasting to me is cool. Sure. Well, and I know, I mean, for me with the photography thing, like photography isn't my, I love taking pictures. I'm going to preface this with that. I love photographing people, but I love people more. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I can't make a living out of hugging people. So you might be able to. I'm reading pictures. So that's my avenue to be able to connect with other humans. Right. Um, and I just happen to really love the drumming community a lot, a lot. So there's no other, there's no other community in terms of musicians, like the drumming community. Like there's, you don't get a bunch of bass players who hang out and share licks and all that. Like it just doesn't happen. No. And, and I've worked with several different branches of mm -hmm. music and I've never, ever seen the amount of, care for other people and respect and, um, uh, desire to educate mm -hmm. and share like in the drumming community. And I'm sure anybody else that is in it would say the same thing. Yeah. And we, um, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast a lot. It's like, I mean, Hey, we love, you know, guitar players and bass players and keyboard players and all that, but it's like, there's something about drummers who are, we just, we're all just this big community. I mean, you go on Instagram and just look at it. Like, you know, everyone, you know, every guy puts up a video and there's 87 comments that are like, dude, sounds great. Oh my God. That kid sounds amazing. Oh, this is cool. You know, very rarely is it, is it like, you know, this guy sucks or, you know, or anything like that. I mean, 
You go on YouTube, those douchebags. I was going to say on YouTube, it's a thing. I feel like they're just angry people sitting on YouTube waiting for something to be angry about. They're right. like, whose life can I ruin today? That 13 yeah. year old boy. Yes. Yeah. What? Calm down. It's I like <laughs> you go on like Steve Gad videos and they're, it's like the most, you know, amazing <laughs> drumming you've ever seen. And it's like, this guy sucks. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. The- this guy sucks. You should totally check out XYZ and I'm not going to name anybody else because I don't want to knock on somebody else that's, you know, it's not Travis Barker. At- right. Tra- have they even seen Travis Barker? No, but everyone is like, you should, they're like, uh, have you seen Travis? Not that I'm saying Travis Barker is a bad drummer, just, but, it's but it's always not- like, he's the guy. I don't know why he's like, it's like the YouTube trolls and Travis Barker, which I just think is funny. You know, it could be anybody like you could pick a name out of a hat. It just so happens to be Travis Barker. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. Um, so let's talk, I want to talk about how people can work with you because I know that, that you and I talked about, uh, you wanted to do, or we wanted to do like some, some sort of way that people can work with you and maybe they don't, you know, they don't have to hire you for a full photo shoot and whatever, because for you, I would imagine that it's, it's cost prohibitive to just go and take photos for one person if you don't get your rate. Right. But if you can do, you can have 10 people who come into one location and you do photos, you can get make it a lot more economical for them and they're going to get some great pictures. Yeah. So, I mean, from the, the very base, the platform of everything, um, if somebody did want to photograph, be photographed by me um, and just themselves and not be a part of a group thing or not be a part of, you know, a, a line of people, that's totally open. Um, but it is cost prohibitive for people who don't have the budget to fly me somewhere or put me up in a hotel or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and then the session fee on top of that. So I'm going to be doing um, a whole bunch of stuff at NAM. I'll have a couple of like group get together things. I'm definitely going to do one for a group of women drummers. Um, and I will be there the entire time. So if anybody has like a specific group that they wanted to have photographed together, totally good. Otherwise, I'm going to be hanging out in a couple different places and I'll post those on the the internet space. Cool. So are you going to, are you going to do like individual shots for people or are you just going to do group photos? No, no, no. I can do individual shots. Like, yeah. so that would like for the women, for example, I'm going to use that as, as a specific example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a kind of a fun tight knit community and it's growing into mm-hmm. that. We will do a group shot, but I really love giving people individual, individual pictures of themselves where I can give them that one-on-one attention and right. kind of love on them and give them a shot that they can feel really badass in. Cool. So oh. The, oh, are you, you're, I guess you'll just post all the stuff on your Facebook or cause I'll link to it all in the show notes to make sure that everyone can find you. I'll have, I'll have it on my personal and on my business page, on my Instagram and on my website. So okay. I fully cover all the things. Cool. And I, cause I think, um, and you and I talked about this and I'll let the listeners know when we decide to do it too. Like I, you know, we should do something in our area where we are now in Northern California Maybe we can do a get together in a clinic and then everyone who comes, whatever they pay, you know, 50 bucks or hundred bucks or something like that. And you take a couple shots of them, you get their email address, you, you send them to them. So then everybody gets, everybody gets some photos, you know, everybody's happy. They are getting a huge discount on the work. You know, you're getting some bread in your pocket and you know, it's a win-win situation for everybody. Yeah. And I, when I travel, I try to go to all of the drum shops just to kind of pop in and see you know, who's supporting the local drum communities. Um, and 
I'm more than happy to do a thing. And I don't know if this actually brings business to uh, the different drum shops, but I'm more than happy to go to a drum shop in a city and say, hey, like, I'm going to come here and it's 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever for a headshot set. Or if you have, you know, a kit, we can have multiple kits set up um, and just get new content for your social media and for your website. Then people come to the drum, the uh, drum shops and, and they get to know the people who are supporting their community as well. So like it totally works and it's not just here in Northern California. I think we've got dub drums. Yeah. It's right down the street. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that goes for any drum shop across the United States and beyond. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's it's a great idea because it gets people out into the stores. It get, you know, like every, it's a win-win for, for everyone involved. And I, I think there's, especially now because, you know, drum stores are closing and there's, you know, there's less places where you can go and actually hang out and meet people and play drums and, and all that. I think there's like this spectacular lack of physical community. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, no, not specifically all over the place, but I think a lot of cities are losing that physical community. Right. And I personally would love to see that grow a little bit deeper across mm-hmm. the, cause I'm in Sacramento. So not just here in Sacramento, but, but, um, <clears throat> anywhere, like go and get to know your drum shop. Yeah tons and tons and tons so get to know your people because you never know dude like if you get to know somebody and they've got a lead on a gig and they can't take it and Mm -hmm. might end up with something that's really dope yeah that could open doors for you or vice versa where you can really help somebody get their foot into a space 100 percent I hear. Oh, so here's the one thing I want to do. And I I want to have you take pictures of it is I want to have something like, I want to call it like whatever, you know, Nick's family dinner or something like that. And I want to invite like a bunch of the listeners to, to come and we'll find a restaurant or whatever. And so like, I grew up in the restaurant business, like since the seventies, I owned my own restaurant up until 2013, you know? So like I've been in the restaurant business my entire life. And so I want to have people come in and I'm like, cook a big dinner and we all sit around and just like drink wine and have dinner and just like shoot the shit and talk drums and life and, and music. I love so much. I think the only time I've seen that in action, like, like really in action is um, a couple, like a tiny bit in LA, but in Nashville, their drum community is rad. Um, like the first time I went out there, I was invited to like 14 different things over the course of a week. Like, Oh, we're going to have like drummers luncheon and all these dudes get together and have lunch at some like, right. Chinese but I want to cook then I w- I'm going to cook. But, and that I actually <laughs> amazing, like beyond amazing, amazing. I got yes. a lot. Of, so if anybody's listening and they want to do the, they want to come to the next family dinner party. I don't know where it's going to be yet, but maybe in LA or maybe up here, or I don't know, maybe I'll do one in New York and LA and San Francisco or something. That would be so fun. Yeah. I'd be into it. Let me, let me help on that. I'm totally down. All right. So if anybody's listening and they would be interested in that, just email me and I'll start to put it together. Kurt Biscara and I were talking about, do you know Kurt? No. Uh, he, I, he's, I mean, he's Kurt Biscari, played with everybody from Elton John to Morris Day in the Time. And I mean, he's Sarah McLaughlin. What's that? I'm not in the cool kids club. Well, either way, I had him on the podcast and now we're buddies, but, but he's really, he's really big on the idea. And, uh, and his wife's from Italy and we were like, oh man, we, he's all into espresso. And I'm like, oh man, we're like, this could, this could really happen. So I'll just, I'll text him today and tell him we're going to do it. And we're going to take pictures and like, how cool would that be if we could like document the whole thing and, and everybody could just. You know, and just sit around and like eat some good food and have some good wine and oh, it'd be awesome. 
Okay. Anyway, we're getting, I'm getting off on a tangent. No, I love that. You know, I feel like here's the problem with me though. And anybody who knows me will know this is absolutely accurate. I'm a tangent person. Everything's a bunny trail. Yeah. Whole like litter of bunny trails. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. (laughs) Well, cool. So, um, for everyone listening, uh, I'll, I'll link all of your social media profiles up so people can follow you. People can check out your pictures, see what you got going on, but also they can learn about when you're going to be in LA, when you're going to be doing all that or in Anaheim, technically where, where Nam is. Um, and if you need photos, I highly recommend using Lauren for whatever you need. She did a great job with my photos. Like I said, if she can make me look good, she can make you look way better. So, Definitely check her out. And Lauren, I want to thank you for one, for the amazing pictures that you took two for taking the time to chat with me today and just being an amazing human being. And three for being the first woman on the podcast. And, uh, let me, I want to touch on that for one quick second, the, that I've reached out to numerous women to be on the podcast and they've either been lined up and canceled. They haven't gotten back to me or, um, just never responded at all. So I'm trying for everyone out there. And I, I hate the fact that I don't have more women on this podcast, but I'm, I'm trying, I promise you. And, uh, I will, I will write that ship in, in 2018. I promise you that. And you are the leading charge. So, well, I appreciate the opportunity. Like I, I adore you, your energy and your person. You are so rad. And I'm, I'm really thankful for what it is that you bring and bringing people's, um, voice to, to everybody else because everybody has their story and um, it's really cool to be able to hear that. So, oh, cool. so well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, of Upper. course. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you soon. I don't know if it'll, I'll, maybe, I don't know if I'll see you before Nam, but if not, I'll definitely see you in Anaheim. I don't know. I well, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Lord, thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That was Lauren Jenkins. And if you want to learn more about her, go to lj.us. So it's E-L-L-E-J-A-Y-E.us. You can book time with her. You can look at her amazing pictures. You can learn even more about her. And this is the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And if you dig it, please leave a rating or a review on iTunes. And that would just do me a solid. And and I love reading those reviews, whether they're good or bad. So please let me know about those. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I love you and take care. Have a great weekend. Peace.